Well, welcome, if I may, to February 2020. Cut off the music a little too soon there. Sorry about that. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. And today we're going to spend some time with two outstanding educators, Carol Purovon Hoffer and Kimberly Johnson. Carol from Indiana, Kimberly from Alabama. And both of them are Horace Mann Award winners for teaching excellence, an award given by the wonderful NEA Foundation. These are two of the five public school educators from across the nation who received this incredible honor. Again, the NEA Foundation's 2024 Horace Mann Award for teaching excellence, and it's a really high honor. So we're going to talk to them about their philosophy of teaching, what's going on in their classroom, etc. It's a beautiful mix across the country from the south to the midwest alabama to indiana and we're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org ace-ed.org the home website of our american consortium for equity and education where our magazine equity and access is we're honoring the uh, equity award winners in this particular issue that's up there right now it's our online journal and by the way everything's free over there at ace-ed.org. All our podcasts are there, as well as a a ton of information. So please check it on out, ace-ed.org. And without further ado, let me bring on my two wonderful guests. I'll say good morning, Kimberly, first. How are you, Kimberly? How's the weather in Auburn? (laughs) Good morning. It is good today. The sun is out. The skies are blue. It's around 40 degrees. We're supposed to get up to 61 today, so it's pretty good down here. Well, I'm jealous. I live in Maine. Okay, 61 in summer. (laughs) We're snow covered, but that's okay. We know that we live here. And one last question before I get back to you and say good morning to Carol. Is there any, I understand there's a small college in Auburn. Did you go there? Um, it's, It's a little, yeah. I've heard um, Auburn University struggling in football. <laughs> yes, this is very at... much a college <laughs> town, and we are yeah. in the middle of basketball season. And oh, right. you well. know, I co- we're doing pretty well right now. Um, I did. I have one of my degrees from Auburn University. My first one was from the University of Alabama, so I'd like to say roll tie. And <laughs> then I went to. <laughs> And then I got my master's degree from Alabama A&M University, which is an HBCU in our state. And then I got the next one from Auburn. And so I've I've done it all. You're doing the circuit. (laughs) Yes. By the way, do not not say that out loud. Roll Tide in Alabama, in Auburn. Be very careful. Be very careful. I know. I know. I like a lot of people mad. I'm, I'm always kidding. My anytime I do a work with somebody from Alabama, I always say, "And now the most important question: Alabama or Auburn?" And it's always a good <laughs> laugh when we do it. So it's, it's great. It's terrific. Well, it's both, okay. but it is first, both. You're Alabama forgiven. Second. You're forgiven. Yes. And the good work you've done with the children of Auburn forgives you 100. percent So no yes. problem. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Carol. Good morning. It's Larry here. Good morning. Hi, Larry. Hi, Kimberly. It's so great to be with all of you. It's an honor. It's an honor to have you here. Good I got to tell you. And Carol, I, wanna, I just want to just read your background here. And I love your background. Carol Pierbon Hoffer is our guest, this guest, and is a Peruvian. She's a Peruvian American. I love this. Grew up outside the U.S., 
that Brazil, you bring up a global perspective, Brazil, Mexico, Peru, of course, the United States, been teaching for 31 years, 31 years, okay? That makes you sound so old, doesn't it? 31 years, mm-hmm. for goodness sakes. From preschool yeah, to adult I... education, I love it. I know you're certified, so, wow, you're something. i got to tell you, Karen. Yeah, and, and Kimberly, Kimberly's board certified, too. So we'll have to talk a little bit about that Thank you, Kimberly. Congratulations on that. That's a big deal. Thank you. It is a big deal. And I always say it this way. You know how you go into a doctor's office and they have all those certificates? They went to all these clinics. They go to all these schools. Okay? Teachers don't put those up usually. Okay? But being a board-certified teacher is really, really hard to get and really something. So I congratulate both of you on that. Thank you for telling me that, Carol. I didn't have that note here. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's it's very cool stuff and uh, really amazing. And you've taught, <laughs> Carol, you've taught people from age three to eighty-three, and you are you're you're an you're an ESL teacher, basically, right? Yes. Yes. At, at, at Fox, that's my wife was an ESL teacher for years. Okay, at uh, Fox Hill Elementary School in Indiana, Indianapolis. Just brag about your school, then I'm going to let uh, Kimberly do the same thing. Okay, so brag brag about Fox Hill. Go ahead. Um, it's well. It, I mean, we're a very diverse school. We have sixteen uh, different home languages represented, wow. and um, our our diversity keeps growing. Our our newest um, wave of of students are Haitian. Um, we wow. have we we've had these these very like different waves that come in and kind yeah, of yeah. just change the perspective a little bit. We've had. Um, Burmese students, and we had um, a, a wave of students from the Democratic Republic of Congo. So the newest ones wow. are Haitian. But what is really interesting, um, a lot of the families are coming not directly, some are coming directly from Haiti, but some of them are coming from third countries. So I actually have, we have a couple students who were born in Brazil, um, uh, one that was born in Chile. So it, it's really, for me, it's interesting when I, you know, I'm, I'm talking to the parents. It's like, okay, um, well, I don't speak Haitian Creole, but I do speak French, <laughs> um, Spanish, and Portuguese. Wow. So some of wow. them, like I was I was um, communicating with one mom, and uh, I was uh, on WhatsApp with her in French, and lo and behold, somebody says, can you talk to this mom um, the language that we that sh- they're showing is Portuguese, and then I WhatsApp the mom. I said, "Do you want me to communicate in French or in Portuguese?" She's like, "No, I prefer Portuguese." And so, like, we're kind of going like back and forth. But she was understanding me what I was sending the messages in French, and and then uh, lo and behold, it, it's like when yeah. you really get to know the families and and what their background is and what the 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 richness that they bring you know to to our students and to our community is just amazing that's it's a, that's just a really great amazing. point and that's the whole point of diversity the richness they bring to a community people don't understand that okay a lot of I shouldn't say it that way but a lot of people don't understand that all right that that's that's the beauty of it it's not a, it's not a a challenge you should take it we should take advantage of it okay it's something they're bringing to the party and it's really really yes. cool and fox hill sounds like a really good place they have a great esl teacher who really understands the needs for all this again an amazing background kimberly to brag a little bit about auburn junior high and by the way i have to say something you're at auburn junior high right yes 
I got to say something. It's so rare these days that I hear the term junior high. I taught at a junior yeah. high. Okay, most of the beginning they say change it now to middle school. Oh, so it's yeah. good. I got a big smile on my face when I see Auburn Junior High School. Okay, it reminds me of the good old days. All right, tell us yeah. about your school. Yeah. <laughs> well, I teach at Auburn Junior High, and I like to say that Auburn is a big little town. Um, we really pride ourselves in the community that we built around the university and the town, but we are a one high school town, but we are the second fastest growing city in the state of Alabama. And so my school serves 1,500 eighth and ninth grade students. Wow. Um, Wow. That's a lot. Yes. And so speaking to diversity, I think about that. I feel like we're a bubble in the middle of our state just because of the higher education institution here, the people who have always lived here, and our international student population because of the university. And so we have um, a Kia plant. We're right on the Georgia line, probably 20 to 30 minutes. We're 30 minutes away from Columbus, Georgia. Um, The next city over is actually on a different time zone because of that. So we're right on the Georgia line. (laughs) And so we we have a Kia plant nearby and so we have a really high population of korean students in our school as well and a really high population of diverse students um we are i would say a more of a suburban setting but we have students from all demographics we're about 50 percent majority 40 percent minority population so pretty well balanced but it's about the same with economic differences with our students as well and, and you know what's interesting? I, when you said you have a Kia plant there, then you said you have a lot of Korean kids. That surprised me because I would think management would be very small number of okay in from in mm-hmm. from the company in from corporate, and then the rest of it would be you know the people who build the cars who would be mostly, if I may, American. But you're saying there's a yes. large Korean population that came with the plant. I think that's really cool. Yes. Yes. And um, the families are usually here for three or four years, and so the. Those families are really, you know, just looking for good schools, very supportive. Yeah. Um, just, I don't know, the, uni- and the support with the university, college students, interns, lab students, just I feel like we're a special place, honestly. And I'm what I special do. I've place. been teaching, yes, and I've been teaching at Auburn Junior High School for 20 years this year. So. Wow. 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 What, what, and you're, and, and, you are listed as a on my notes as an interventionist and a resource teacher. What does that mean? Well, what I, I'm by degree and by certification, I'm an English language arts teacher. And what I found is that when you are in schools who are who may be middle class, mostly middle class, and you have students who are from diverse populations or high poverty, sometimes the kids get missed. Or you, they get, and when you have 1,500 kids, you know, you just kind of get caught up in the mix. And so oh, yeah. I kind of found a niche to where I was able to support students and pull students on my planning period to just give them a little extra support, work with their teachers. Um, I feel like my superpower is relationship building. And so being able to, thank you. So being able to build relationships with the students and the parents. And so then my group got bigger and bigger and more 
teachers just wanted to tap into what I was doing. And so I moved from the regular English language arts classroom to a what we call the study skills class. So basically it was students who were not special education, but who were right. struggling in some sort of way, whether it was organization or just having extra time or extra support. And so it just kind of morphed into this thing where I just support students who are in the middle, not special education, but might be struggling in the middle of the classroom some. And so I intervene. I do math and reading interventions, but mostly I work with students one-on-one just to support them and get get them whatever they need to be successful or as successful as they can be in the classroom. That's 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 just wonderful. Okay, and I'm glad the school saw this. I, I, I congratulate the administration for seeing the need and allowing you to do that. Okay, that right. is Autonomy so key. Was they, they, big. Yeah, you know it's 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 hard these days, and 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 to do that. And I was just reading an article. New York Times this morning, which happened to be about where I live, Maine was about the need for intervention for kids. Okay. And it was so important, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the fact that you're doing it down there at Auburn Junior High is just absolutely amazing. And I hope that other schools in the area look at you and say, can we continue this for those same kids? I hope they continue it in senior high. Okay. Those kids just don't break off at junior high and all of a sudden they're fine. Okay. They they need help all the way through. And we want them to be good citizens want them to be good workers okay yes. so you know it's it, it's it's really important i hope that the school district i'm sure they do now that you have won the first man award okay <laughs> yes. recognizes your good work and how important it is and i hope they honored you and carol by the way at fox hill appropriately for the work that you guys do it's it's you should be very very proud of yourselves and your and i know your profession is proud of you Okay, and that's that's stuff. So, congrats again to both of you. I want to ask you something. You've both been teaching, and I don't mean to age you, but you've both been teaching a long time. Okay, Kimberly, twenty six years, and what was it for? Uh, uh, it was thirty one years, amazingly, for Carol. Okay, and I'll go back to Carol. Carol, you've both been teaching a long time. Okay, we had everybody knows we had the pandemic, and it was different in every state. But generally now across the board, things are a little different, okay? And I'm just curious, when you go into your classroom now, what do you see now that you didn't see before? That you have to, and again, you're, you, you two bring excellent teaching philosophies and practice to the, to, to the classroom, okay? What are you seeing now that's different from when, let's say, when you started and over the course of time? Carol? Um, well, the... My grandmother had a wonderful um, saying, a cada fruta su estacion, which means every fruit has its season. So, um, it's, so you know, there are things that are, that, that maybe, because a lot of times we focus on like what is, what is wrong, right? We, we tend to have, look, look at, we revise history and we like, oh, things were so much wonderful back then and what have you. <laughs> That's um, and and so, there are, then, yeah. so there are, so there are pros yeah. and cons to everything. Right. Um, one thing I would say, okay, so um, one thing I would say is um, the fact I feel that there is way more testing going on. Right now I am entering the testing, se- the testing season, I call it, because um, my ENL kids right now, mm-hmm. um, they have to take their WIDA test for, to see where they are with their e- English proficiency. 
and then we're moving into, you know, all the state testing and then all the in-school testing and, and what have you. So, so there's more increase in testing. I think also um, in terms of trying to standardize everything, there's a little bit less uh, teacher creativity, maybe the time-wise that is allowed because um, there's a big thing of like, this is research-based. Um, and sometimes I kind of have a quarrel with that. It's kind of <laughs> like when they used to stick the, you know, like no trans fat, uh, you know, this is uh, kind of, you know, when they put labels on things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that that's the point, but it's it's kind of like a, a radar. Everybody is, is up on that. Um, but the pluses are, um, for me, like uh, the, the, the fact that we have all this uh, technology available. Right. So, for example, when I'm working with my students in, so like if we come across the word, say, tumbleweed, I can just go to Google Images and boom, there's a, you know, <laughs> I don't have to go yep. like and search, go to some dusty book and try to find a picture of a, a tumbleweed or something like that. Um, and then, you know, uh, there's a lot of different ways to to uh, help translate so that, you know, uh, a teacher that doesn't speak the student's language, they can kind of, and, and they, they there's a, a lot more ways to kind of build up our, our students' English um, in, in, in different sort of ways. So, and, and then just the whole global um, perspective that I can also, you know, collaborate with, with colleagues not only here, but, you know, throughout the country and outside yes, of the can. country yes, you can. as well. And it's just like, you know, we just, you know, connect the connectivity of, of, of people is just, is just wonderful. So, you know, things, are, are they better? Are they worse? No, they're just different. <laughs> well, well said. I have to say two things, a couple of things about what you just said, which I thought was very, very clever. Okay. The, uh, again, teaching 30, 31 years, Okay, there's a tremendous difference in the use of technology. And to be able to use that, okay, like you're using it, is extremely important. Technology it does create some challenges, okay? But if you use it properly, it's, a, it, it's the best tool in education since they invented chalk, okay? And that's all it is is a tool, okay? And clever teachers use it properly, and before you know it, you've got something really, really, really well going. And the other thing you said about testing, okay, and they're measuring everything. And in reality, we are a data-driven society, but I have to tell you, a lot of teaching, in my opinion, is anecdotal. You're with the kids all the time. You know what they need. You know what they're looking for. You know what they sound like, et cetera, et cetera, okay? And we got to pay a lot more attention. I think that's a very important point to what teachers are saying, especially excellent teachers like you guys are, okay? And I thought that was very, very, very important. I love the tumbleweed example. Suddenly you can show it to a kid and they go, oh, yeah. And the other thing I want to ask you, Carol, you're an ESL teacher, if I may, okay? But the kids go to other teachers as well, okay? And certainly they're going to go on to middle school, junior high school, and those teachers, okay, have expectations, all right. Are you finding over the course of the last 30 years, I'll say, as you've been teaching, okay, that, it's, that as, as your community becomes more diverse, the teaching and the education 
school has also been able to understand that and move forward with the times using the technology like you're using as one good example. I'm just curious how the ESL kids and ESL students are doing, okay, with all the other teachers. What are you finding? Carol. It it var- it varies from from person to person. Um, a lot of times, what I say, you know, because um, people say about somebody being, say, international minded, um, and inter- being international minded, or, or is is not about how much where somebody has been or where has somebody traveled, or anything like that. It's it's just like being an. It basically means being an open minded per- person, being curious, mm-hmm. wanting to know. Um, I love I love those teachers who um, will have you know maps out in their in their classrooms who who really um, explore the the diversity and and try to cater to who their students are their uh, the the yeah. individuality of yeah. them and it's a lot a lot what Kimberly was saying right is building those relationships and just looking at what um, the the student uh, brings. And so a lot of times um, yeah. what happens yep. is um, when when an um, English speaker student is learning another language, we look at that as, as an asset. But yet when we have our ESL kid who's coming with another language and is yeah. not Thank maybe you. hasn't reached that proficiency in English, yeah, that's a detriment. you look at that's that a as a deficit. Yeah. And well so what, said. you know, like a lot of times I, well I, what said. I tell my parents, yeah. is you need to continue building that language at home. You you want your child to be bilingual. It may take them longer Absolutely. to get the two together, but mm-hmm. I always say it, it's like um, when you're making a double batch of Jello, it's going to take longer <laughs> for that for that batch to gel, but you're gonna you're gonna get double the amount in the long run. So it's worth it. Yeah, you know, you just remind. I, thought, I haven't thought about Jello in a long time. Uh, and uh, you just remind. When I was a kid in elementary school. If we had string beans for lunch on Monday, anything that was left over was now suspended in the Jello for dessert on Tuesday at school. <laughs> so they were like, they were like uh, science fiction string beans suspended Ew. in the Jello. Yeah, yeah you just reminded me of that. I got this picture in my head as you said that. But a double batch. And you know, your point is well taken. We got to take advantage. I, I don't mean it that way, but we got. Well, I'm going to say it, we got to take advantage of these kids and the cultures and language they bring to the party. Yes. And sometimes we forget that. Oh well, let's just teach them English and get them more American. And that's we got to make sure the other kids all understand they bring something to the party too. Peru, Brazil, wherever you want to go in the world, Korea, they all bring something great to the party. Okay, and we we got to learn that. And if the kids understand that, they're going to be more global. They're going to be more global. Okay, it's just a better yeah. planet when we do that. Well said, Carol. I got to tell you. Okay, you're you're really something, Kimberly. Okay, what is it? Twenty eight, twenty six years. I don't want to age you. Twenty six years. Congratulations. Okay. Thank you. And it's amazing because you're only thirty two years old. I don't know how you. Did, no, but congratulations. I know. I don't know how That's I great. Yeah, I don't know either. Okay, it started when you were six years old. Unbelievable. Okay, and. Uh, Okay, I want to what's changed, okay, and I think things, what you were telling me, things have changed, and I'm not surprised for the better. What's changed over the the 28 years that you're reacting to, that you have to work in, that you see with the kids? Go ahead. Mostly for me, um, just in the classroom with individual students, is that I see that especially since the pandemic. So I'm just going to talk about the last five years. Please is, do. Um, stamina. 
for yeah. students wow. and teachers. Wow. Um, just Good word. The abil- Thank you. And just the ability to um, stay engaged, be engaged, um, move forward, push ourselves, I feel like that on top of the chronic absenteeism that we've been oh, seeing in the terrible. past few yep. years is um, has been – not detrimental, but it has been a big hurdle, I think, seeing just individual hmm. students. Like, even pre-pandemic, because I work with eighth and ninth graders, like the students who were coming to school, and then we had those months out, and then we came back, and then it was just, it was hard to get parents and teachers in sync, I think. Um, we kind of went wow. steps back, I think, as far as just being able to stay the course with even attention fans. And so, um, and with that, I've seen over the year, over the last 26 years, just a really more students, an increase in, um, I guess, mental wellness, mm-hmm. lots yep. of anxiety, um, wow. lots of students wanting to disengage, and I call them bubbles, to get in their bubbles. And so I spend a lot more time <laughs> with the social-emotional part of trying to get students to have conversations and dialogue and interact with each other. Because going back to what Carol was saying, you know, we are a global society. We do have to interact and reach out. And I've seen students more withdrawn or get more withdrawn over the past few years. But on top of that, the growth piece is, is that I feel like teachers have gotten more autonomy and we've got, we've gotten, the ability mm-hmm. to meet more students where they are because of the way special education has moved to inclusion in classes and to students being more engaged and more heterogeneous grouping and the um, hiring of more ELL teachers and um, just being able to differentiate Not- and meet individual needs. I feel like that's grown tremendously over the last 26 years, and I can appreciate that because that means we're looking at these individual students and we are at least thinking about what they may need to be successful. And so well, I feel like in the beginning, like even with students who would get in trouble or with classroom management, there was more of a disrespectful defiance that I was seeing students in the 90s and early 2000s where now I feel like it's quiet defiance. And we're, I'm just going to not engage. I'm just going to not pay attention. I'm going to – what looks like a student is not motivated. And so I think we just really need to be pay close attention to cultural awareness, cultural competence, mm-hmm. just all of those things to know how to reach our students. That's all about equity. It all boils down to equity. Just give a kid what mm-hmm. they particularly need. Okay, I'm not talking about mm-hmm. equality. I'm talking about equity, okay, that every yes. kid learns differently. All right, and that we have to give them what they need, and that that chronic absenteeism these days, okay, is just um, mm-hmm. you read about it, you know, and you, you know, you know, I certainly talk to people about it, and you just can't believe what it's like. All right, and what do you, what do you, what do you attribute? I have to ask the, the disengagement of kids. It, it, you know, was it the pandemic that just allowed, oh, we'll stay home. This is better than going to school. Is it social media that oh this is where my life really mm-hmm. is? What do you, what do you think it what what do you think it is that's causing the disengagement? Because teachers I talk to are as good and loyal and and you know caring as ever, all right. 
And everybody's mm-hmm. trying to get all this technology that allows kids to learn at their own speed and all that sort of thing, going on and on about that, okay? And what, what, what do you think is causing the disengagement these days, just as you talk to the kids? And I guess I am dating myself because I am going to say, whereas technology can be a wonderful tool, it is a way of escapism as well for these students. And I feel like um, if they can just shut things off, especially if they are troubled in other ways, it is just a way to escape. And so I feel like it's that. Yeah, good point. I think it's the access, you know, that we can just, turn on our phones and there's the internet, whether the school is providing the Wi-Fi or not, kids will figure out a way to connect. And I think just the screen, I feel like screen time, social media, um, just they want to be entertained and they want to entertain themselves. And so if I'm talking about you know, the parts of a cell in class, that's not nearly as engaging as this TikTok I saw last night on TV. And I'm in on my phone and I wanted to share with my friends. And so I think it's it's how we engage them because the students are different than they were. Like cell phones didn't exist when I was in school. And so you have to be able to use, find those tools and figure out a way to bring the students in. And I feel like the young teachers that I am seeing um, really are tapped into that um, with how they bring their lessons and how they engage kids, students, but we still have students who just want to not, like I'd rather not. And I feel like um, with the pandemic, because the school was virtual or hybrid, and we had those days that we didn't have to show up. I feel like some of the parents are like, oh, well, you don't have to go today. And so yeah, I don't yeah. think we're pushing yeah. it like we were, were. And the fact that there are probably more parents who work from home. And so babysitting is not necessarily the issue. Like, I have to go to work, so you have to go to school. I used to hear that when I was younger. But now, oh, you want to <laughs> stay home? Oh, you don't feel good? I feel like kids are being allowed to have more ownership in that, but I think that has led to it because we went those months where you didn't have to show up to the schoolhouse. Right, and it just created a bad habit, and right. uh, we got to go. We got to we got to change that. I think, okay, and makes make kids go to school. You know, all that what you what you said, okay, uh, bring, brings me to, to another question. You know, you are pub, you are both public school teachers. And as you know, in many parts of the country, in many communities, everywhere, I should tell you everywhere, okay, schools are under attack. I'm going to say it that way, okay? And, and now it's fine for people to question what a school board and a school is doing. That's what, that's what a public school is, okay? It is based on the needs of the public, but sometimes that can go too far and, and overreach, okay? People are always attacking public schools for some reason. And, uh, you know, are you seeing that? I'll stay with Kimberly on this one. Are you, are, where do you see public education going? Where do you see the future of teachers going? Okay, it's a tough question. Okay, you want to give that one a shot, Kimberly? I will. And I want to start out on just a positive note. Like I – Please do. The commitment and the efforts I have seen of people trying to build um, – retention and recruitment programs. Um, the the um, roundtables that I've been able to sit with, with um, 
principals, and I had the opportunity to sit at a round table with um, the Secretary of Education and talk about Ooh. what is going on with teachers. But I see a commitment. I see um, people trying to build minority teacher pipelines. I see people recruiting and doing fellowships and doing such wonderful things to bring young teachers to the classroom that I think we, we will be fine. What I do think is that education has become a political topic when it has more so right now than it has ever been. But with that being said, I think the people, those of us who have children, all of us, no matter what side you're on, want what's best for our kids. That's right. And we want autonomy and we want to decide. And I just think about, we have to think about what we all have in common first, which is what's best for our kids. And then we have to think out from there. And we have to sit down and have really hard conversations. Because I don't think what we're teaching in school is necessarily about beliefs, but people who want to keep things divided, bring that in to stir the pot, if that makes sense. Because it makes it makes like, perfect sense. And you and you said something that's very important. If you really look at it, we we all I don't care where we are. We all have more in common. OK, than we think mm-hmm. far more, probably 98, 95 percent in common. OK, and we sometimes we forget that for the for the the pushiness, if I may, of the of the five percent. Okay, and uh, to find the in common thing, we all want what's best for the kids. Okay, and we got to leave that to 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 being positive about it all. What do you think, Carol? You're in Indianapolis. What do you think? Okay, Um, to look at the future of education. Go ahead, Carol. To to follow what Kimberly's uh, turn of thought, it it reminded me of one of Maya Angelou's uh, poems where she says, "We are more alike, my friends, than unalike." Absolutely. Because yeah, we do have we do have more in common. Um, it's really interesting. A couple of things came to mind. Um, one, I just recently was listening um, to uh, a podcast from in in New York um, City, where my my daughter lives in, in Brooklyn, so I follow a lot of things that happen in New York. But um, they were talking about um, they did an article where a lot of families are staying in one bedroom apartments even though they have kids, you know, like they'll have three kids or whatever. And the number one reason was they don't want to leave their school system. They love their schools. Oh, wow. So what you'll wow. find is, is that, yeah. Wow. So yeah. you will find that people, you know, you may hear this overall kind of grumbling about public schools, but when it comes down to it, people love their school. That's right. You know, their their own specific right. school, and then, it's so everybody then else's when school they're talking, of, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's this weird kind of the school that I know is good, but these other schools, are this, these rumors, these things that I hear about, things are not going well. Um, and the other point too, what was really interesting, we had a roundtable where um, our um, Superintendents of Public Instruction, the, the, the former ones, this is a couple years ago, because um, now in Indiana we can no longer vote for that position. They have taken that away from us. Oh. It's now appointed. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Um, so, but anyways, um, there was this roundtable, uh, and it was bipartisan, by the way, of, of superintendents of public instruction, the former ones. But what they said was, follow the money. There was this, this line yeah. of, so when you see this teardown of the public school, when you see, you know, the voucher system or going into different types of, of schooling, a lot of it is that pot of money of education. That's Where right. is that going? Who wants, who wants to put their hands in the till, if you will? And so that, that is very concerning because this is not a business. We're, you know, we, we are here, we're working with children. We're not, we're not creating products. We're, we're developing future um, adults. We're working with human beings. And so that's what we have to really stop and think about what, what the end product is. It's, it's not, it's not profit at all. No, it is, it is not, and it's also not, if I may, uh, uh, political influence. Okay, that's that's a that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a that's a bad thing, and I'm thinking of just what's going on, and I know what's going on at the University of Pennsylvania. Okay, there's a, a graduate, there's a, a person who graduated there who's now a billionaire who's a very conservative man. Okay, he's very interested in conservative politics, and he's using his billions, okay, to push this conservative agenda. Okay at the University of Pennsylvania, which is creating an uproar, and it's the same thing you're talking about, okay? Follow the money, okay, as, a, as opposed to follow the fairness, follow what everybody wants, et cetera, okay? And when money talks into education, we've got uh, – that's not used for resourcing kids, okay? We've got problems, but mm-hmm. it's used for a political agenda. It's really, really bad. You know, you two are – you two are just amazing. You're wonderful – Wonderful educators, and we're so lucky to have you there, and I hope you stay forever. Okay, take some life, take some life uh, what do you call it, life, um, make your lives longer with some injection. So you drink, live to drink from the fountain oh. of youth. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Ponce and Leon. I appreciate it. But you know that. what? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Our students keep us young. Our students keep us young. That's great. That That is Wow. It's Benjamin, ladies and gentlemen, Benjamin Button. They're getting younger by the minute. Okay, what can I tell you? Just, it, it, Carol, you're amazing. Kimberly, you're amazing. You both deserve this award. I'm so glad we have you in public education. And just keep up the good work. Keep spreading the good word. And if we have more like you, we're on our way to good stuff. Ladies, thank you both so very much thank for this. Thank you so and congr- much. And thank congratulations. Congratulations. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you and thank you to uh, Horace Mann and to NEA also for this. It's, it's Absolutely. Our foundation is really. amazing. It really yes, is. And by the way, I just okay. want to say this again. You are two of the five winners. I don't know who the other ones were, but congratulations to them. Okay, they deserve yes. it too. And we got you guys here. If you're an example of them, they're pretty darn good, is all I can say. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. Thank, thank you, care. Larry. All right. Uh, Take care. You're Bye. welcome. Bye bye. Wow. There you go. Great teachers. What can I tell you? They make for great humans. Woof. There we go. Okay, that's the NEA Foundation's 2024 Horace Mann Award for Teaching Excellence Winners, two of the five.
And that's uh, Kimberly Johnson from Auburn Junior High in Auburn, Alabama, and uh, Carol Piero Bonhoeffer in Indianapolis at Fox Hill Elementary School. Great show. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Elizabeth, who helped me put the show together. And uh, congrats to NEA Foundation for doing this. We're going to archive at ace-ed.org. Thanks a million for listening. Have a great day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.